Welcome. I'm Uri. And I'm Rifki. And you're listening to Talking Tacos, the podcast where we talk about Jewish life and life in general. So Uri, it was two weeks ago, but we still are getting constant feedback about this fish episode. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of feedback just in the last few days also. Yeah. What, it, what have you gotten? It's actually kind of crazy because, I, at least at least for me, I was a little bit uncertain. I was like, I don't know, like this is are a little bit strange. Like it? Yeah, it's like kind of out of the box for us. And yeah. yet it has a lot of our regular listeners and a lot of new people, I think, yeah. are are you know very intrigued by it. I think it. it's just a very fun concept and people are always intrigued by like right. following cults <laughs> well yeah intrigued positive or right. negative yeah uh, so I was at a synagogue this past Shabbat where I don't go so often and I spoke to a bunch of people who uh, actually knew Johnny and therefore the the episode had kind of spread in their circle. These mm-hmm. were all fish people. And it, one of the guys, it was kind of funny, like he said, looking around the room at, at the Kiddush after, after davening, after prayer, he kind of said like, yeah, I think there are probably about 10, 15 people here that I've gone to shows with, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of crazy. There were only 100 people in that in that space. So I thought that was like kind of well. Fun. It was something about that shul in particular. Yeah, I of mean- course. I was at I was at Nitzivot Shalom, which is uh, the more liberal quote unquote shul in Tinek. I said to him, "Oh, why do you think uh, so many people at this shul are are fish people?" And he kind of said, "Oh, come on, you know, this is the liberal shul. The people are a little Hippies. bit more, yeah, exactly, <laughs> a little bit more comfortable." You know, and it was true. I was thinking, I grew up at Rena, which is a different shul in Tinek. It's much more mainstream, quote unquote. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot more people who. Wear suits on Shabbat, no matter whether it's, you know, 30 degrees or 100 degrees, where, right. you know, at Nitzivot, it's kind of a different flavor of people. So the, it, was a, it was really fun because a lot of people said, oh, okay, listen to the episode. Okay, here's my thoughts about, you know, why it's such a trend in, in the Jewish world. A lot of people actually, I think, really were struggling with the same question of, all, you know, noticing the phenomenon and still saying, like, they're not really convinced one way or the other why this exists. Why the the Jewish connection? Yeah, why there are so many Jews, especially right. in the modern Orthodox well, struggling, world. Struggling, I think, really... is the wrong word. I don't think they're like you know, there's, they're not in distress about it. It's yeah. just like a curiosity that they're, is hard to pin yeah. down. Actually, <laughs> can I tell you something a little bit funny? One of the people I was talking to, he told me that he had been in YU Smicha and that another Smicha student brought him to a fish show. He didn't know the band, he didn't know anything about it, and he said that day was the last day he ever went to Sheer. Because he found that spiritual sustenance oh my God. at the fish show. I thought that was wild. I don't okay. know. What do you th- what I, do you think about that? Yeah, I mean that's interesting. I've never heard anything particularly specifically like that before. Um, I guess the rabbis at YU probably wouldn't want to hear that, or they might not think so highly of fish if they knew that story. But I, I don't know. To each his own, you know. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought own. it was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, I guess so. Renat is the shul where the kids go to fish shows, and Nitivot is the shul where the yeah. parents go to fish yeah, shows. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and one of the guys was telling me he, he goes with his kids. You know, he oh, said, okay. he, so said both, he, yeah. he doesn't uh, he does not partake in any substances, especially mm-hmm. when he's when he's going with his children. Obviously, also I spoke to to a woman there who's a big fan, and one of the things that she mentioned was she thought you know about the gender divide or whether there mm-hmm. is a gender divide. Yeah. She said she's a big fan. Her right. husband is also. Right. She thinks that there are a lot of female and in the Jewish community also fans but they're all married to fellow fish fans whereas men in the Jewish community in the Orthodox community who are fish fans not necessarily true that their wives are into fish Right. But that, that I seems mean, to generally be the way it I know goes. a couple of women who, who aren't married, who aren't a fish, but I sort of, I, that might be true, right? That's interesting. I also want to say that um, a couple of people said that how come you didn't talk, how come we didn't talk about the drug uh, aspect of right. fish? And I, just to clarify, because we had two versions of the podcast, that was one thing that we cut out in the right, condensed right, right. version just for time purposes. But in the longer version, we did yes. get into that, the drug thing and why do people do it and the dangers of it and, and a little bit of that. So right. if you want to hear that, you can listen to the yeah. the longer version. Also, I, I spoke to somebody um, yesterday who was at 
the academic conference that we mentioned that was mm-hmm. in Washington um, State. Um, so he, he works in book publishing. And so he was there like for work. And so he was telling me about some of the um, sessions that they had. And, and then he told me about the, the Jewish sessions also. And they dealt with these same questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like, yeah, it's a, it's a question. There's no clear answer, but it's, it's a fun thing to talk about and think about. And uh Check out Fish Music and see what you think for yourself. If Trey and the other members have theories, we'd, of course, love for you guys to reach out to us. Please be in touch. Podcast at gmail.com. So, Uri, a very exciting event is coming up in the next few months, the Siyum Hashas, a celebration of the completion of the Daf Yomi cycle, which is a seven and a half year cycle of learning the entirety of the 2,711 pages of the Babylonian Talmud. Last time we celebrated this event was in 2012, and the largest gathering for the celebration took place at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, where a sellout crowd of over 90,000 people came to listen to speeches, sing, dance, and celebrate this huge milestone. In advance of this upcoming completion of the cycle, a few videos have been made and promoted by Agudat Israel, the organization that creates this mega event. And we're going to highlight two of these videos. The first one shows a few of the men who are completing the Talmud and speaks to how highly they value their wives' contribution to their learning. Let's listen to a little bit of that video just to get a taste of it. My wife has been an unbelievable partner, but I, I believe she's not unique among the many wives that encourage and want their husbands to, to grow. And ultimately, it reflexively comes back on the whole family. The typical question when I come home is, so how is the daf today? She encourages me every single day to go. She's proud that I'm part of such a chashuv ashir that has so many chashuv uh, people who learn daf every single day. I would not have the encouragement and the support of my wife on a day-in, day-out basis. This wouldn't happen. When a person's successful and happy with his learning, his wife knows it and sees right through it. And she encourages him when he's down, or he doesn't want to go, he's not feeling so well, his wife will thereby encourage him to go, go, go do it, because I know you can do it. Sometimes it gets a little tough, you know, it's, it's early in the morning, or you had a late night, and now chasano, you can't, you're away in business, you're coming back, and if I miss, or I attempt to miss, the wife's like, go, because there's no way I could do it without her. She's stuck with four kids in the morning, and my kids wake up around 5, 5.30, so uh, she's dealing with them all by herself, so all the credit goes to her. And the second is a video of Rebetzin Aviva Feiner, and it's called A Woman's Relationship to Limud HaTorah. And we'll listen to a piece of that video now as well. Hello, ladies, and I am so happy to be here with you and get you excited for this year's upcoming Siyum Hashath Halavai next to the Bayish Lishi I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our role as women in our relationship to Torah learning. Smach, Zivulim Vitzeschem and Ha'olam. Zavul, and you can be happy when you leave this world and you go to Olam Haba because Yezachar ba'ohalecha, because Yezachar learned Torah. And you have the merits, and you will take with you to Olam Haba the merits of Yezachar learning Torah. And he bridges right from there to a very famous um, Gemara that I think most of us heard in seminary, where the Gemara asks 
in Brachos, Nashim Bamai Zachyan. Why are women and how are women able to merit Zachyan? What are they meriting? They're meriting Olam Haba. And the answer is in Gobbledygook Aramaic, so I'm not going to share that with you at the moment. But in essentially what we're told, and we've learned this, is that the women are Zocha to Olam Haba because they wait and they send their husbands and children off to learn Torah. And Rav Elia quotes there um, Vyona Sami Prague, who asks a very obvious question that I think many of us could actually ask ourselves. We all know that we keep many, many mitzvos. In fact, we keep some mitzvos that men don't keep at all. We all know we do chesed. We all know we're responsible for the kashras of our homes. I'm actually speaking to you right now, um, as it is um, just over a week before Pesach. And I actually- Although dedication and commitment to learning is always an inspiring thing, both of these videos, I think to many of us, seem slightly discomforting and raise some serious issues, specifically about women's roles in Torah learning. Obviously, and I don't want to discount this, there are many women who take real spiritual satisfaction in supporting their husbands or sons or other men in their community in their learning. But at the same time, many of us don't feel comfortable with the fundamental principles that they are espousing. And when I say comfortable, I don't just mean, oh, you know, I don't personally want to live this way, but even more fundamentally asking, is this really a good way to live? At the same time, though, we don't want to be judgmental and jerks. <laughs> So Uri, let's talk this out, right? How did you feel watching these videos? Did you feel totally comfortable and were you just happy for all these men and these women? Did you feel weird about it at all? What are your thoughts here? Well, Rifki, I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> um, before I answer that question, I just want to say it's funny because we used to, or I used to make fun of myself for always, um, or both of us would um, give like disclaimers in the beginning, like, I am not a woman, I am right, not right. gay, but we're going to talk about this issue right. that we are not personally. So I am not a woman and I know and I am sensitive to the fact that I think for a lot of women who are, let's say, on the more feminist side of these kind of issues, they don't, they're not interested in hearing from a man telling them, here's why it's okay or that why this kind of thing is okay, that these people are doing something that seems to be misogynistic or whatever. Like I saw something recently on Facebook that was dealing with like a slightly more sensitive issue with the issue of abortion. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a woman that I'm friends with on Facebook was talking about Jewish sources um, supporting the right to to have an abortion, and and somebody in the comments said something about like you know I think it's just important a that, man in the comments. a man in the comments <laughs> said like I, I totally respect what you're saying but I think it's important if you're talking about Jewish law and abortion just to meant to talk about Rav Moshe Feinstein's opinion where he was pretty much, pretty strongly against it in most cases like you know, just because he was such an important figure in 20th century you know Jewish uh, law and and the woman responded. I don't need to quote any men when it comes to this topic. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that's a little silly because she started the conversation talking about Jewish law and now she's like, I don't need to hear from any men. Um, at the same time, I get where she's coming from and I get the sensitivity to right. that. And she, and this feels like a very personal thing that men just wouldn't relate to or understand in the same way. So if they're going to be pushing back against what she's saying, she doesn't want to hear it. And so, so to hear, like, uh, I, I'm, I do want to be sensitive to that, but if right. you're asking me what I thought, I can tell you some of my thoughts. My thoughts of, on the, these kind of things, like you asked me, did I feel uncomfortable? Did I think it was weird? So I'm all for people learning dafyomi, whether it's men or women. And I think it's great when spouses support and encourage each other, whether it's the wives encouraging the husbands or vice versa. I think the, the people in this video are 
seem to be in, in a more like I mean a good zero also a more yeshivish mm-hmm. kind of uh, community and right. mindset and that's not how I was raised and that's not where how I identify mm-hmm. so yeah it's it felt a little weird just in the sense that like that's not who I am and that's not the my people necessarily mm-hmm. at the same time uh, and because I'm I'm you know, I'm friends with you and, and a lot of other people who are more on the liberal <laughs> feminist side. Like, I'm so used to, um, you know, hearing why the feminist side of things and why the male-centered concepts of Judaism are so hurtful and damaging, whatever. When I see something like that or hear something like that, I do have all these voices in my head like, whoa, this isn't okay. How are they saying that, you know? But when I really thought about it, I was, my, my question was, you as you referred to, referenced in, in the introduction, you do want to be sensitive to other communities and other ways yeah. of seeing things. But that being said, like, why, why don't you take that even further? Why don't you just say, this is not who I am or what I believe, but they're welcome to believe that, especially the video of the woman herself. Meaning when it's a man talking about my wife really supports me, like, you, I understand if you would say like, well, why don't we hear from your wife and right. hear what she has to say? But if it is the woman talking about her experience and speaking to other women, and she's saying, this is how we can support, and this is how we feel good, this is how I feel good supporting my husband, and then a, and then a more feminist woman comes and says, "Who are? You? how could you say that? That is not how women get satisfaction. Women get satisfaction from learning Gamar and doing Duffy with themselves. Isn't that a little patronizing to her? Like you're not, you're saying you think you know what you want and what makes you happy, but you don't really know. I know what makes you happy. Right. First of all, I think a very, very fair point. I think it's often patronizing. I mean, I'm a Democrat, so I am absolutely patronizing. I think people don't know how to spend their money, right? I think all of that. <laughs> right. is Government needs true. to tell yeah, you how to I do everything. Yeah, I think sometimes you need oversight because people make mistakes when they're just right. thinking about you know their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that's true. I do think that uh, in general, it's kind of not super useful for all of us to walk around, right? They look at the secular world in a lot of ways, and and so do I to a certain extent. They look at the secular world and they say, oh my God, women are walking around in these kind of clothes. They're so exposed. They're this, and they're doing it to make men happy because men want to look at them. And and these are the people who have no agency. We don't think about things that way. Like, and I, and I understand. Yeah, exactly. So I think, and to a certain extent, they're right. To a certain extent, they're right, right? There's a lot of truth everywhere. And for everyone to walk around criticizing each other's communities, I think is not super useful because it means we're not listening to the values that maybe have something to say in the other communities. At the same time, in this particular case, I definitely was uncomfortable watching this video. So it's interesting that you, I think that's a, a very reflective thing to say for, is for you to sort of like recognize like, it's not that I was uncomfortable, but I was uncomfortable thinking about the people who I know were, who were uncomfortable right. and thinking about why they'd be uncomfortable. And I kind of understood what they're saying, even though I kind of disagree. Like, I think that that's kind of like a hard <laughs> position to straddle mm-hmm. there. Um, but I, I was uncomfortable with it. And I think, I think you're right that part of it was, you know, listening to these men saying, oh, my wife is is totally okay with me doing X. And my wife is very supportive when I do Y. Or my she's w- so happy right, when I'm right, like right. not at home at exactly. night. Exactly. Yeah. She, she loves, you know, serving me dinner and putting the kids to bed while I run off she to Dafyomi. He didn't say serving yeah. me right. dinner, yeah, but yeah. yeah. She, he didn't use that language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you guys should watch the video because obviously we, we only took snippets here. Um, here's, a, here's a little bit why I was uncomfortable with it. I think, first of all, I, kind of like you, I was uncomfortable because it's not my community and, and seeing it is, feels like, oh, I don't I don't love the way they're talking about this. But I think even more so than that, what made me uncomfortable is thinking about the women in that community or really the men in those communities who really don't fit into this kind of selflessness, right? The women are seen as these women who totally give up uh, 
any of their own needs or desires to help their husbands achieve this learning. They, they talk about like, oh, when I'm down, I don't want to go and I just want to stay home and, you know. My wife encourages me. Yeah, she, she pushes me to get out the door. She pushes me to do it and whatever and things like that. The women who kind of say to themselves like, yeah, I kind of want my husband to, to stay home with me. Like, I would kind of love to just spend a little time with him or for us to go get ice cream or for us to watch a movie or yeah. for him to take care of the kids and I'll go to a show or for him to take care of the kids and I'll go out with my friends. You know, those women are kind of seen as the ones who really don't epitomize the selflessness of what it means to be a good wife. And that's what makes me cringe a little bit. And at the same time, by the way, the men who don't do this, right, are seen as like, right. oh, maybe you're good at, you know, in other ways, but really, and especially in the, in the video, the second video, which highlights learning as this epitome of like this incredible, incredible, incredible thing, uh, women enabling learning and men doing the learning themselves made me uncomfortable for what that says about the people who this just isn't there what speaks to them right. in their Judaism. Right. And that that's, I think, what was hard for me to watch. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I think those are all fair points and I understand what you're saying. I also think you're making some assumptions. You're assuming that just because these men are going to a Dafyomi share every day that they're not spending time with their kids and their wife or not spending enough time or that the wife has the burden of taking care of the household all by herself, that the husband's not contributing to that at all, or that the wife doesn't have any time for her things, whether it's to go to a shear or to spend time relaxing or whatever. We don't know. But don't you agree with that assumption that, that generally even these, if there is these more husbands of and this... these wives are not putting as much emphasis on the women's um, learning than the men's learning? Yes, because they're in a community that has gendered roles. Yeah, so, and... so it sounds like we're on the same page about that assumption. R right. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I, in, a, in a certain way. So I think I draw a big distinction between, let's say, if a, a man or a rabbi or a woman gets up in one of these type of videos and says, and this has been done, whether it's in writing or in video or whatever, and says, like, based on these sources, and there are sources that people use, women are not allowed to learn Gemara. Or maybe a little less strongly, women just should not learn Gemara for these reasons, okay? That's one thing. It's very different to say, I'm learning Gemara, and I'm very thankful to my wife for supporting me. You, I don't want to assume, and I don't think it's true, that if you ask the men in, those, in that video, I would get, almost guarantee that majority of them at least, if you ask them, do you think it's okay if your wife or, or your daughter really wanted to learn Gemara, would you be okay with that? I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions, but it's very possible that they might say yes. And so those are two different things, meaning if they go out and say women cannot learn Gemara— I would personally have a problem with that. Like you're trying to say who, what, even though there are sources for that, which I'm not so familiar with, but like just right. as a gut, gut feeling. I think that's very different from saying, I'm thankful to my wife for supporting me. I, I agree that they're different. I think the second one, I think that you're, you're, what you're saying is like, look, it's not so bad. And I agree, it's not so bad. But first of all, I think that you are very naive about what these people would say. <laughs> I, and I think that many of us in the modern Orthodox community think that it's become so mainstream right. that no, we just kind of right. like think it's more common than it is or more accepted, quote unquote, than it is. And I think that's absolutely not true. But I think second of all, even more so, this language of would you be okay with your wife or daughter doing X, I think it's part of the problem. One of the things that seems so clear to me in both of these videos is that women are so much their, their main roles there are seen as supporting their husbands or their uh, yes. sons uh, or their fathers or the men in their community and women's roles and women's choices are not really taken as seriously. And again, I do not mean to demean or speak down to any of the men who are involved in this or the men who are learning or things like that. It's not about these people, but it's about the society that we currently live in or want to create. And I think that this society is not good, especially for many people. Okay. You're, you're criticizing them and saying 
you have a right to live your life the way you want to live it and make the choices you want to make. But you're saying in that video, they should have been more sensitive and more open and saying, this is not the only way to do it. If you do it other ways, it's okay too, right? Is that basically what you were saying? I think saying? that is a big part right. of what I want. So, also, one of the things I, I want to add, just because I, um, I was thinking about this as I was watching it and even afterwards as well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I would have felt if in this video full of men being interviewed about how incredible their, their wives are, how I would have felt differently if there were also a couple of women being interviewed about how amazing their husbands are. If that would have changed the calculus for me. And I think part of that goes to, yes, it is beautiful when spouses support each other. And I think I would have appreciated the equality of, you know, men supporting their spouse, women supporting their spouse, you know, how have I that there would be gay people in here? Obviously that's not even part of the question, but I think even more so, I'm not even sure that that would have solved it for me because what made me uncomfortable with this video is off is a big part of what it looks like when someone sacrifices so much for the other person. And that we see that as so incredible instead of a video in which we like, I would love to have seen a, 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 a married couple being interviewed saying like, and this is how he sacrifices for me. And this is right. how he's like, no, I agree. I, I agree that that, that would be, be so nice. No, yeah, of course. Not I, just nice. Yeah. Like not just like, Oh, we're paying lip service to the idea right. of X. Like it would just be such a more meaningful expression of what partnership and support looks yeah, like. I, I get that. I think really just to be fair in the same way that you're saying they have a right to live their life, but they should be, you know, more open to but they other ways. Live my way. Right, right. No, meaning if there was a video, an equivalent video of like from Jofa or whatever, like a super feministy thing saying like, you know, women should be should do this and that. I, I again, I don't want to make assumptions, but like you can definitely picture a situation where they would not be saying. And by the way, if you want to have more traditional roles and you want, and the, as the woman wants to stay home and, and support the family and cook, like that's fine too. Like they might, if you ask them, is that okay? I think a reasonable person would say yes, it's okay. But they wouldn't put that in the video, or they very first likely all, would not. First of all, I disagree. I don't think that's true. You about, think they like, would put that in those videos? Exa- you're giving Jofa as an example. I think Dafka, like Jof- Jofa, would do I don't, that. It doesn't have but to I be Jofa. Sec- so- but, uh, but I think second of all, even if they didn't, then. Then I would say that was problematic. So you, okay, also, fine, fine. Like, so you're saying you, you would think, criticize do you that? Do you think also? that no. I'm generally I, I like? Don't know. No, I think I like to call people out for all over. I call myself out all the time. Like I think there's plenty just, to okay, criticize fine. all over That's the fine. place. You that doesn't make that. that doesn't make me feel like I have to be less critical of this organization. Right, right. I and mean, I'm, again, I'm not criticizing the organization. I'm criticizing the larger culture, which I think there are incredible people who are part of this, the men and the women, and they're doing it for all the right, right reasons. Right. I understand. I mean, this is something that also came up when we were talking about the Jewish press controversy with the, the article that was like very. Uh, insensitive to gay people in the Jewish community. And, um, you know, I'm not talking about that uh, issue in particular, but the fact that so I did, we, we pointed out then that so many of the people who are so critical of the Jewish press were not people that ever have anything to do with the Jewish press, never read the Jewish press, but when they see something that offends them, they're, they're all up in arms. And like, you're allowed to do that. It's free speech and, and it's just still Jews and it's your mm-hmm. broader community. That's fine. But I also think it's relevant here that like, if this video had been put out by a modern Orthodox institution, even YU, and you personally didn't go to YU, but it's still, you know, our yeah. modern Orthodox world, I think there would be a lot more uh, understandable to me of like, we have to criticize this. This right. is not okay. As opposed to something coming from a yeshivish organization that we have nothing to do with. It's right. not our or world. Or feel so alien yeah. to us. Like, again, you're allowed to have an opinion on it, but I think that is also something that is important to point out that it's like, that is not my community, and therefore, that you know needs right. to be said. That like, I think I think that's a fair point. I actually think that it's a really sad point, especially cause, you know right they were now, so fragmented. Yeah, like first of all, like we're in the nine days, and second of all, like remember, I, I remember the, seeing all the pictures and videos from the Siyum Hashas last time, which I, I did not attend. I was yeah, I really, was there. Oh, you went. So mm-hmm. I, I was really not interested. I in turned it. down a Mumford and Sons concert that night to go to the. Do Siyum you think Hashas. you made the right call? 
Yeah, it was it was actually very inspiring. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think one of the things that seeing the pictures and seeing the videos was, and I think I would imagine if you were there, you would agree. But but tell me if if you saw it differently, that the vast majority of people were not people who you'd be like. Oh yeah, we're friends. Like they're just—it felt so no, for sure. I, I, did, I actually did feel very uncomfortable, um, just in the sense of like it, it didn't feel like my people and a lot right. of the things that were much more yeshivish. Most people were wearing black hats and like, yeah, it wasn't. And then my that makes world. me feel like kind of sad, like especially like in in the way that you kind of opened your answer here, which I think is very reasonable. But like, it doesn't bother you as much knowing that like it's not really your community. Well, I didn't mean it like that. No, I, I know you didn't, but I'm just thinking about the way in which we're, we're talking about our community, our internal community, well, our large right. community. Okay, like you're that, saying especially you're, in the nine days. I, I think, understand like, what you're saying. You're saying, it, you're, saying it, you're saying it in a negative way, which I understand, but I'm saying it in a positive way of live and let live. I'm, we are me and our community and people should do what they feel is right and what makes them feel good and comfortable and, and spiritually fulfilled. And they have a right to do what makes them feel spiritual, spiritually fulfilled and happy and whatever. I, I totally agree. And it's less about like going to these specific people and saying like, hey, here's why what you're doing is wrong. But I think to, to, to frame it, I guess, maybe a little bit more positively, if in, in the ideal world in which we want to create the ideal Jewish world, the ideal spiritual world, the ideal learning and mitos are... <laughs> How do you say Midos? Character traits. Yeah, like, and how that translates to action. Is this something that we would like to see in an ideal world? I'm not saying that, you know, then turn around and say, oh, you're not living up to the ideal that I want to create. But I'm saying in the world in which we want to create, it feels like this feels like um, not only like not what I love, but it feels like there there's part of it that, that I think does create a little bit of harm. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think in a broader picture, like, it's. I think it's because of the secular feminist movement and because of the more liberal orthodox feminist push in the last couple of decades or few decades right. that they would do a video like this in the first place acknowledging women. Do you know what I mean? Like if uh, it wasn't for those outside forces, I don't even think they would acknowledge right. the women at all. I'm not saying that makes it oh, everything is the way it, sh- it should be. I'm actually saying... Right, that's an interesting that point. That you can't... Even though I'm saying let's separate and live and let live, they, we do influence each other. And therefore, if you believe strongly in one thing, like you're saying and putting out there like a different message could actually influence that community in a positive way. And I, I, right. I respect that. I just think it's also funny, you know, maybe we can close with this part of the discussion of like, we can ask the question of learning Gemara in the first place. It's obviously a broader discussion, but it's like, should that be the main focus? Like if somebody has one hour a day to learn, as, as amazing as I think Daf Yomi is and to go through all of Shas in, in seven and a half years, like it's like a very quick cursory, you know, overview right. of the Gemara and you don't really go in depth at all. And like if, if someone has one hour and they want to be like spiritually fulfilled, it, Jewishly even, let's say not even specifically with learning, like is that the best way to do it? Like that's a, va- that's a right. question. And I don't, I think the easiest answer to that is for some people, yes. And for some people, no. Right. And clearly our, you know, our community, especially the more yeshivish ones, like put the s- super strong emphasis on first of all learning Torah above all else and then learning Gemara specifically within that and of course the personal choice some people I think really hopefully are spiritually fulfilled by that I think that it's really hard to get good data on any of these things one of the things that I was thinking about after I watched this video was I wonder right let's say you have thousands and thousands of people worldwide and in America who have finished the Dafyomi cycle and some people even are finishing it now again for the second time or the third time which is I think really incredible I'm wondering if we compare those people to the rest of America, if they cheat on their taxes less often, if they cheat on their spouses less often, if they give more money to charity, if it generally impacts their behavior and makes them better, quote unquote, people, I would feel a lot more strongly that, you know what, this is actually a really impactful program. If the data was there, then you would say, I respect that data and let's keep going with that system? Yeah, totally. Like if I thought that it really impacted people. Mm -hmm. But 
if it doesn't seem to be, if it's either negative or if it's neutral or if we don't have data on it, which I think it's somewhere in between neutral and don't have data on it, um, that's that's my understanding. But yeah. obviously, people listening, you know, correct me if you have if you have other data. I kind of feel like, and again, this is kind of a personal choice. Some people relate to some things more than other things, but I feel like if my spouse or my child or my something like came to me and said like look I have an hour every night from eight to nine and there's a daf yomi shear and there's um packaging food at a you know right food bank or there's you know something like that like you know which one should I be doing with my time obviously I think the answer is like you know moderation you know split up your time mm-hmm. you know between things but if you could really if you had to do only one right I think probably for most people you're, you're going to create a stronger impact and also you're going to be more changed by the experience of the second one right of more doing and less learning right I mean th- I definitely hear that and and I relate to it also I think on the other side just the argument that, that I've heard people say and I've heard in yeshiva whatever like the reason why people encourage learning Gemara specifically and like in-depth learning of Gemara, not a cursory learning Gemara, is because it, re- it does require a lot of work and a lot of mental concentration to follow the steps and to understand what's going on. You can't just breeze through it like a newspaper. And, you know, there's a general concept of like love or the, the more you put in, the more you get. The, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make, to quote um, the Beatles. So the, because Gemara requires so much mental energy to put into it, you get more satisfaction, fulfillment um, out of it. And it's also like uh, by people say this is a gendered thing, but like with men, if they're more susceptible to like, you know, their minds wandering or their eyes wandering or whatever it is, like by by using their, like focusing their brain and their mental energy on learning Gemara, that's going to like keep them in line or whatever. Like I'm just, that's what people, you know, tend to say about so, these Ari, I'm things. I'm curious what you think about that. I mean, A, like do you actually relate to that in your own life? And B, do you see that sort of as a larger phenomenon to be true? That yeah. men who are more engaged right. in learning, that, that it's, you know, helps them focus and, well, you know, things like that. <laughs> I mean, I, it, there is a logic to it, and I do think I, I do think of myself as like a relatively good judge of character and of people. And I did find that the men in this video seemed to be sincere right. people. They didn't seem to be like big shot, like egotistical, whatever. Yeah. They seemed like sensitive people. Like actually, some of them seem like on the verge of tears when they're talking about this yeah. kind of stuff. And, and that actually, I just want to say, that's why it really bothered me and I reacted and got defensive. This whole argument of mine is a little bit of um, devil's advocate because like I said in the beginning, this is not really my community per se, but like one of the comments under the video, was, this was posted on like a more liberal person's um, Facebook page, like, and his, his, comment, his comment of the video was like, this is why we need to encourage women to do Dafiomi. Like, okay, fine. And one of the comments right under that was a woman saying, I didn't know you had it in you. I just fell off my chair laughing. And I thought that was that was offensive. I felt hurt by that. Like, here are these men who are very sincere and they're genuinely thanking their wives for supporting them and encouraging them in this spiritual endeavor. And they perceive it to be a joint venture with their wives and they're acknowledging that and you're laughing at them. Like, I just don't think that's a mature response and that bothered me a little bit. I I totally hear that. And I think mocking these individual people is not, not only not not nice, it's it's not fair because these people... Are really are very genuine and there's right. no reason to think that they're not also incredible people like right. that that's that's not the conversation that i i want to be having anyway mm-hmm. i think we i think we've done an okay job here like kind of like separating the individual people involved in this with a sort of like the, the larger culture here and I, I even actually a friend of mine knows one of the people in this video oh. and, and he said that he is an incredible guy uh-huh. he uh, like really has like changed people's lives with the stucca he gives with yeah. the charity he gives and like right, so he's, he's not like, just learning to her he yeah, is yeah, also he, doing 100 percent. yeah and, and, I, and I think whatever. that's amazing and right. again this is not about whether these people are are you know 
well, to a certain extent, it is about whether whether but people that's who are asked. doing yeah. yeah, whether people who are doing Dafyomi are really also living, living those values. Lives, it sounds yeah. like at least that guy, right. and, and hopefully all of these people are. Um, but I, but I still think you know there there is that struggle. Yeah. Anyway, of course, this conversation ha- has so many more pieces, um, and is part of. A, many larger conversations and we want to hear from all of you about the individual things that you noticed that we didn't yet get a chance to to discuss please be in touch with us at talking podcast at gmail.com and of course join the conversation on our facebook page talking talkless podcast thanks as always to drive-in productions they are the sponsor of this week's episode and thank you to triple threat trio featuring rage brigade they are the official band of talking talkless bye everyone bye, bye.